In the years following the Congress of Vienna, a couple of new groups came into politics. Now, a lot of these groups were opposed to this old form of government, the monarchy, and they continued pushing for change. This seems to me like a recipe for revolution, or maybe even multiple revolutions. Now, by this point, all of the major political groups wanted change. They wanted to get rid of the monarchy. So the leaders at the Congress of Vienna, when they came together, they were conservatives. The whole point of the Congress of Vienna was to conserve or maintain the old system of government, the old order. The leaders at the Congress of Vienna didn't want any kind of change. Now, there were other groups coming into play, like I said, and one of these groups favored moderate change, not drastic or radical measures, but some measures that would slightly change. So I'll give you an example, giving the vote to all citizens who owed a certain threshold of property. These people were called liberals. Now, there were groups that wanted more drastic changes, more radical changes, such as allowing all male citizens to vote. These people, no surprise, were called radicals. Now, both liberals and radicals were gaining a lot of support, and for the rest of the 1800s, they would continue to push for political change. Now, a defining political force of the 8th or the 19th century that would really help create a need and a, inspire people to revolt would be nationalism. Now, nationalism is an idea that all, uh, all of the people in a nation are united by something common, whether that be a common language, a common religion. It was actually nationalism that brought Napoleon down. It was one of the main factors that led to the downfall of Napoleon. Because in the French Revolution, the French people were really loyal to their country and they hated uh, you know, opposing powers. But it was the same thing with the nations that had taken over, that Napoleon had taken over. They hated Napoleon and that's what united them. And they realized how powerful of a force nationalism could be. It really united them and gave them the strength and the inspiration and the motivation to revolt. And that is ultimately what led to Napoleon's downfall. Now, we're seeing these same ideas of nationalism really re-emerge here. And nationalism was, to no one's surprise, the strongest among liberals and radicals. They were especially, it was especially strong among radicals, because radicals really, really, really had a strong passion, a strong, were strongly united for a need for change, a need for revolution. Now, there was another idea that would emerge that would help to let's just say, fuel nationalism. And this idea was romanticism. Now, romanticism was the idea of focusing on emotions. And this was 
the complete opposite of what the Enlightenment was about. The Enlightenment was a movement during this time, and the Enlightenment focused on reason and on logic and really downplayed emotion. So Romanticism was really about finding expression, being your true self. It was about the humanities, music, painting, uh, literature. Now, one of the things Romanticism did was really focus on folklore and Romanticism was all about literature and it really, really focused on folklore. And as Romanticism grew across countries in Europe, people started reading more and more folklore. And as they started reading more and more folklore, they really uh, became affected by the nostalgia and the kind of national feeling and the national pride. And that really helped to fuel nationalism. I think we have all the ingredients we need for revolution. Next time, we talk about two major revolutions that would lead to the creation of two new European countries and change Europe forever.